Pedolia. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Radio Paradolia, a six-part radio show and podcast about music and memories. In a previous episode, I talked a bit about sexism in music and lyrics, especially. In this episode, I want to build on that by examining how music history is written. Why is it that the first names that come to mind when talking about the early history of British punk are the Sex Pistols, the Clash, the Damned, the Buscocks, all male bands? How come the Slits are not on that list or X-Ray Specs? Is it because little girls should be seen and not heard? Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think... Oh, bondage! Up yours! One, two, three, four!
X-Ray Specs with O Bondage Up Yours, followed by The Slits with Typical Girls. Typical girls don't create, don't rebel, have intuition, can't decide. The biting words of four teenage girls from London. Girls who did not like any of the girl images that were around. Girls who stood up as personalities. Girls who called themselves the slits. Ariup, Tessa, Paul Molliff and Vivel Bettine came together in 1976 after some initial lineup changes. The slits appeared on the punk scene in a whirlwind of chaos and controversy. They began playing fast, foul-mouthed rock and roll, soon to develop into their own distinct reggae-infused sound. Raw bundles of energy, wild hair, wild eyes, doing what they wanted to do and having fun. Although no more or less ill-behaved than their male counterparts of, say, The Clash or The Sex Pistols, they were deemed more shocking simply because they were girls. Alternative TV with Action Time Vision. Music history is written in leaps, in stages. It is written in the moment by the music press, the newspapers, the posters, the artwork and the fan scenes. Before forming Alternative TV, Mark Perry kickstarted the fan scene movement with his Sniffin' Glue. 
fanzines presented views, facts and images selected by people from inside the scene, pasted, copied, folded, stapled, distributed through record shops. Later, when enough years had passed for reflection, the first supposedly definitive books on punk were written, by men mostly. Multifaceted stories of punk were woven into a single dominant narrative centered around the Sex Pistols, London, Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood. One of those books is The Oral History of Punk Rock by John Robb, published in 2008. He spoke to no less than 112 people, including mostly musicians, but also journalists, producers, artists, fans and students. Only some 11 of them were women though. Where are the girls? We know they were there. We can see them in early Super 8 footage and photographs of the early punk scene. They were there, hanging out, pogoing, spitting, drinking beer, pushing boys around, being loud and silly. They sported short, brightly colored hair, dog leashes, oversized blazers and outrageous makeup. The Sex Pistols were a catalyst for men and women alike.
the slits with New Town from the debut album Cut. Before that, I played Susie and the Banshees with Nicotine Stain. Slits front singer Ari Up was only 14 when she joined the band. When I was that age, some decades later, I was just getting into British old school punk. I had a punk CD box set which claimed to present the worst of total anarchy. It included all the usual suspects, but it did not feature the slits. Why? They were definitely part of that early punk scene and caused plenty of outrage. They were banned and hated, tabloids stirring things up by proclaiming their group name was too shocking to print. Ariup was even stabbed. When I finally heard their debut album Cut, years later, it took a while to sink in. It was just so different. The cover of the record announced it. Boundaries were to be broken. Three women, by that time drummer Paul Molliff had left, dressed in loincloths, covered in mud, standing strong, thoughtful, defiant. Forget about womanhood as carved from Adam's rib. This is womanhood forged by nature, non-sexual nudity and feminine strength. The Slits took inspiration from world music, punk and reggae to invent a sound that went beyond all that. New rhythms, strange noises, stripped, urgent, intelligent. Shake those matches, tap that spoon. I, 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 I need another fix. Morning papers will bring you something flash.
penetration with Don't Dictate. There's a paradox in doing a radio show on silenced voices in history. I can't let you hear those. I'm not in possession of early demos by obscure all-female or black punk bands nobody has ever heard of. Someone can only be heard if given the chance, if he or she feels there is space for them on a stage, in a scene. The records I'm playing are made by musicians who overcame those hurdles. There's a video of Penetration performing Don't Dictate, live at Manchester's Electric Circus. As singer Pauline Murray sings Don't Dictate, Dictate to Me, a persistent idiot in front of the stage showers her with beer for the first minutes of the song. Her face gets angrier and angrier, but she carries on. The idiot ends up getting pummeled by fellow audience members. Suburban home, went to make it on her own. A mother was a TV mum, kept a sweet suburban home. Brought her daughter up to use 
Red Warrior in Woolworths. Another X-ray spec song because we must. Before that, the Poison Girls with Polly. Like her male counterparts, X-ray specs frontwoman Polly Styrene wrote about contemporary issues, but with a focus on consumerism and identity. She later said that she had wanted to write a diary of 1977, aware already of the historical value in that. I never got to see Polystyrene perform. She sadly passed away in 2011. Frontwoman of the selector Pauline Black pays tribute to her in White Riot, a recent documentary on the Rock Against Racism movement. Polystyrene challenged the way black females were supposed to present themselves, Pauline Black explains, and fashioned something for herself. With her braces, quirky uniforms and rubber dresses, she looked quite unlike anyone else. The first time I saw The Selector, in 2005, the equally charismatic Pauline Black wore a smart suit with a tiny gollywalk, the racist doll, pinned to her blazer. It made a huge impression on me. She took that hideous caricature and transformed it by pinning it onto the lapel of her elegant jacket, using it to confront us, her mostly white audience, with untold histories of racism and repression. This is the selector with missing words. You said you did 
clash with white riots. In the late 70s, the National Front was on the rise and racist attacks in London were frequent and alarming. The Rock Against Racism movement was a response to that. At their peak, Rock Against Racism organized a concert in Victoria Park for a crowd of 100,000. I knew the iconic images of the event before I knew the full story. The clash in front of a huge crowd, four skinny white men seen from behind launching into a song called Right Riot. But the reggae band Steel Pulse also played that evening, as did X-Ray Specs. On much lesser known photos, you can see polystyrene in front of the same crowd, and she has a gollywog pinned to her jacket. The militant join with angry procession The tension tight with the strain of repression the Young blood boiling, hot with aggression Jawa, fighting, fighting Jawa, a too close frightening The winds were blowing and stirring up reaction a militant action, hot takes came in uniform Thunder and lightning in a violent form Jawa, fighting, fighting Jawa A too close On the streets that day The blood and the madness Said the blood on the streets that day Fighting, 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 Jawa. 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 Fighting, fighting, f
The Ruts with Jawar, followed by The Slits with Man Next Door, two songs heavily inspired by reggae and dub. Some punk books devote a chapter to this cultural cross-pollination. Usually then, a key role in this is reserved for Don Letts, the British filmmaker of Jamaican descent who played reggae records and filmed at early punk gigs, bridging two worlds. Don Letts also played in an early incarnation of Basement 5, the pioneering reggae punk fusion band. For some reason, that band gets little attention in my punk history books. This is them, Basement 5 with Riot.
guests with Keep On Knocking. I only heard of the band Death when the documentary A Band Called Death was released in 2012. Decades after their short and stunted career, their music was rediscovered by music collectors and the documentary shared their remarkable story with the world. Death, three black brothers from Detroit, were now hailed as the unrecognized pioneers of punk. The Slits too had for a time disappeared into obscurity. Their second record flopped, the Slits split, and for a long time were reduced to a footnote in some of the main books and documentaries on early punk. But that seems to be changing. In 2018, Here to be Heard, The Story of the Slits, a documentary by William Batchley, had its international premiere here in Warm during IFFR. A few years prior, Slits guitarist Viv Albertine published her autobiography. New films, books and re-releases help us readjust our views and see the bigger picture. Although the dominant narrative on punk was written by men about men, we're not stuck with, that, with the history that has so far been written. History writing is a continuous process and it's a process we are part of. Sky, 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 sky,
You heard Earth beat by the slits. Even Earth is dizzy. Next week, Radio Paradolia is back with an episode on Dutch punk and oral history. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia. Radio Paradolia.